0: Well, FBC Allen, welcome to Beyond Sunday. We are kicking off a new season this fall, and I'm excited about this episode. Um, This episode is parenting through divorce, and we're gonna explain why it's titled that um, in just a minute. But we have something really special. We've been doing kind of one on ones, but today we have a whole team in here. I want to introduce my boy Hayden Walsh, who is the student pastor here. Hayden, you haven't been on an episode yet. Uh, no, this no. is your first one. Yeah. So great. tell us a little bit about like your family, real quick.
1: Um, so I am married to my beautiful bride Adriana. Uh, we have been married for almost five years, and we have a, a one-year-old, uh, a year and a month. His name is Henry. Um, so that's our family, our little. Uh, nuclear family here, and then um, cute kid, yeah, 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 I think so too. I'm a little biased, but uh, but yeah, my most of my family lives in Amarillo, where I came from. Very cool um, to get here, so yeah. well,
0: we're cool. blessed to have you, man. It's been a, a great ride, and you just Happy got off here. a crazy summer, so yeah, hopefully, you don't fall asleep during the episode, but we're thankful for you. <laughs> and then we got Lisa Malin, Lisa. who is our children's yeah. minister, so Lisa. Hi we've had an episode with you and, and we got to have a fun episode with you so we're glad to have you back on Thank the episode you. Glad to and be then here. jimmy smith is here we've Howdy. had you on a few Howdy, episodes jimmy. a couple of them yeah so yeah. and he is our uh, generations there pastor. You know. <laughs> I almost called you something. I almost said associate pastor, pretty much Jimmy whatever. does everything and I'll anything. Call me whatever. Um, he, he leads us around. So he is our generations pastor. So this episode is Parenting Through Divorce. And Lisa, this is kind of your brainchild. You uh, had asked about, hey, can we do an episode like this? And so I want you to share a little bit about just kind of the heart behind this episode and, and what you see in our culture with divorce.
2: Yeah, so I would say, um, you know, just talking with Jimmy and Hayden, we're we're in a club that we didn't ask to be in. Yeah. We're in a club that uh we couldn't control. And um, I think sometimes it's just helpful hearing from our perspective that families do struggle and um, that we're, we've are we gone through, again, we don't know exactly what your story is. We can never say we've been through the same thing. We can't. But we can say, hey, we've been through it and this is our experience. So our experience is a little unique in that we are all children that our parents have divorced. Yeah. We have not been through that personally ourselves, so I think that's going to give you a unique perspective of where we're coming from, and also all three of us, our parents divorced at different ages, different seasons, and so I think there's some uniqueness in that as well, but I think our heart is to let parents know, like, we love you, and you're not forgotten, and this is a hard season, and we want to come alongside you, but I think sometimes um, parents that are, that are going through a divorce maybe are struggling or, or suffering alone, and we just want you to know yeah. <laughs> we're there for you, and this is just a resource that we hope will be beneficial and minister to you.
0: This is awesome, and what I want to say first and foremost is um, this isn't just for families that are dealing with the divorce, this is for everyone because we can minister, we can learn a lot, and I've learned a lot from Lisa um, in this. I, I come from a family, both my parents uh, stayed married, and, and you know it, it was something that I never experienced, but I learned uh, deeply in ministry, this is something I need to understand um, because it is very prevalent and and something that I think everyone in the church needs to understand because we need to understand each other and be a community that comes around each other. And so what is unique about this is all of y'all have, like you said, have come from our family of divorce. And so Hayden, give us a little bit of background of what age kind of you experienced this and a little background for that.
1: Yeah, so um, when I was 11, my parents uh, separated and they, uh, you know, they tried to, Work things out, and uh, they ultimately ended up. I'm um, getting divorced when I was 12, okay. and so um, I was a middle schooler. Um, you know, already just kind of mm-hmm. an awkward age. <laughs> yeah. um, one of the <laughs> You're reasons still kind of in that awkward age. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. So, like, that's that's one of the things too. Like, why I love ministering to students because yeah. when I was a middle schooler, I had this. Thing happened that completely shook up everything that I knew about what I was supposed to, what life was supposed to look like. And so, um, yeah. So for me, you know, a lot of my perspective perspective as a as a minister comes mm-hmm. from people who poured into me during that time. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. So it was really a, a lot of hormones, a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, unknown about what was going on in my in my family. Life, yeah. So.
0: Awesome, Lisa. Little background.
2: Yeah, so I was seven when uh, my dad left. And as I've gotten older, I've realized there's such, such significance in God's timing. And that was the year that I prayed to receive Jesus as my Savior and Lord. And so I think I lost, I, you know, I didn't lose my dad, but he left but I also gained my eternal father and I saw him carry me through that whole process. Mm. Um, so I was seven. And again, I think all of us, we talked about this. We want to be respectful of our parents, our step parents. Um, but we're just going to kind of be honest about, um, our stories, but again, being very respectful of them. Uh, my dad has been married several times and so I've had several step step parents and then my mom, uh, remarried when I was, Um, 10 and so brad's been in our life since then and i'm so grateful for step parents so so grateful for step parents um stepping up um and and in a lot of unique ways um but that's kind of my story so i was uh, i was early elementary um so most of my memories are of two christmases two thanksgivings i didn't have a lot of memories of us as a as a family unit so
0: and we're going to talk more about that and go in depth. So, Jimmy, a little background.
3: Yeah. So um, I guess I was the oldest in the bunch here. Uh, my parents divorced when I was about 15, 16 years old. And um, a little bit of the same thing as as Hayden there, you know, tried to work things out, but it just it just didn't happen. And so um, they, they divorced. And I was kind of in the same boat in the sense that that was my family was sort of my rock. And so when that kind of... I don't want to use the word implode, but when it didn't go the way that I thought it should go, it was really it was really eye opening. And there was a lot. I was thankful for the church because a lot of people um, loved me and, and cared for me and walked through that with me, along with my mom and my dad. That's one of the things that I really appreciated about when they were going through what they were going through and how they continued to love me and my brother unconditionally and walk through with that. And just to say, both my parents eventually remarried uh, to some great, great people, and. Uh, my mom has passed away, and uh, mm-hmm. she's with the Lord, um, but her, her, her husband uh, loved her well, and then my dad is uh, currently married, and, and uh, they've been married, gosh, almost t- 26 years now or wow. so, and she, she's an amazing lady, and I got some step-siblings step because of that. So anyway, uh, but yeah, I was a sophomore in high school when, when that went down, so that was kind of my perspective.
0: So one of the things that we, we kind of talked about, we, we've we kind of been talking about this episode for a while and doing some backstory, is um, each one of y'all were, were children, um, kids when when this took place, uh, teenager, you know, young kids. Like, y'all have a great perspective on talking with kids through divorce. And so kind of going along the line that, Lisa, like... What would you say to a parent that is is going through divorce or's been through divorce like how do you talk to your kids about it what do you say like what is off limits what isn't you know what would that be
2: Yeah I would just say you know to try to create a safe sp- a safe place for them to talk a safe space for them to talk um I did uh, helped lead divorce care for kids at this church several years ago and honestly that was so healing for me um, and the biggest thing was just making sure that you try to have a safe place for your kids to talk. And um, I know I've heard from other parents that car rides are a great place to have hard yeah. conversations. Um, yeah. You're not facing each other, you're, it's kind of a more relaxed environment. Um, and also, you may not realize this, parents, but um, kids may not verbalize their grief in if they don't see you grieving, or take, they may not take um, grief cues unless they see you, you doing it. And so I would just say, um, if you don't talk about it, there's a good chance they're not going to talk about it, or they're not going to know they can talk about it. Um, I know in some cases, um, there may be one parent that they really are struggling with sharing and opening up with. So I would tell you too, just me personally, I took things out on my mom sometimes when I was upset with my mm-hmm. dad. Um, so I think being mindful of that, that sometimes, um, the, a parent that is, that is more stable and, um, and reliable, you may get sometimes the um, brunt of, of what that child's feeling. But I would just say, again, making that a safe space for them to talk and um, letting them know it's okay it's okay to tell me. It's okay to be truthful. It's okay to tell me you're hurting. Um, but if they don't know they can talk, they, they're probably not going to open up. It took me a long, long time before I'd open up, even to friends. Yeah.
3: I think it's good she brings that point about safe space. But just as a parent, I would say check on your kids, mm-hmm. uh, you know, often. I, I was I was a quiet kid growing up and just and so I wouldn't say a lot and sometimes I think silence can be interpreted as that's okay you know they're okay or if they were having problems mm-hmm. they might check, they they would tell me but not necessarily and so just just never assume and and I would have conversations with like one of the things I mentioned earlier was there was a lot of adults who kind of poured into me as well as my parents and so and I think that's good I think as parents you want to partner with the other influential um, adults in your child's life whether it's a minister a, a coach a teacher an, a, a friend another family member but just to say hey when you're around Jimmy you know just check on him make sure he's doing okay and 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 it, and like Lisa said it's okay to be honest that is one of the things I appreciated is I didn't always feel like I could be completely candid with my parents because I didn't want to hurt their feelings um, but I, I definitely was able to be candid with some other people and and they kind of help me walk through that. So just just check on them, and and just don't assume. And probably nine times out of ten, you ask your kid how they're doing. You know, they're going to say fine, um, but don't don't let that dissuade you from keeping that conversation going. And and in, in all your conversations, I would say just do your best not to not to uh, demean or bash the other parent, um, uh, because the only thing that does is it just kind of um, it just. Throws more pressure on your child, and uh, it it creates more stress. But check on your kids.
0: So Jimmy, like one of the questions when we were talking about that is, uh, like coaches, teachers, and and ministers, mm-hmm. as as someone that you know, a lot of people sometimes they get kind of like weary of I don't I don't want to talk about it because mm-hmm. I don't. What is a good conversation starter for somebody like a coach, like? hey, how are you doing, Jimmy? Like, what would be a good way? Just, just sit there and, and yeah. listen, or what would be something to check? How would you get them to check well, up? Well,
3: I, I, I think part of that depends on what you know, right? Yeah. So as a coach or a teacher, if you happen to know the situation, then, yeah. then you can kind of lead that way. Just like, hey, I just, you know, I know things at home <laughs> aren't going the way you want. You'd hope they would go. So, you know, how are you doing with that? And then just kind of making yourself available, asking asking some open-ended questions. How are you doing with that? Is there anything I can do for you? As a believer, one of the great things to say to someone, to a kid is like, hey, what can I pray about for you? Mm -hmm. You know, and and through that you can kind of, they they might open up about some things that you can do some follow-up questions, but I, I would just really keep it simple um you know i I wouldn't ask a lot hey how's your mom doing how's your dad doing? you know nothing like that but just really keep it focused on them and and how how you can help them pray for them and just and check in and then again just make yourself available to say hey you may not feel like talking about it right now and that's okay or hey if you i know you may be getting a lot of questions from other people so if you ever just if you ever want me to just chill out and not talk about that but talk about other stuff let me know that too just take the cues from the kids
0: Hayden like you talked about like relationships with the children like just and having friends that have gone through divorce like connecting with other families um to help them with that what would you say like
1: yeah uh, for me one of the biggest things was um I had a, a friend of mine whose parents um sweet sweet family still keep in contact with them um but during that time you know of course in my in my mind my whole world was being turned upside down um but they, and they knew, um, they were friends with my parents. Um, the, the mom and the dad, uh, were both friends with my parents. And so they knew what was going on where I didn't even know. Um, and so once everything, once my parents kind of had talked to me, they came and, uh, I was just at their house one time. And I remember very distinctly, um, uh, my friend's mom, I know we're keeping names out of things, but, um, my friend's mom, uh, she came and she said, Hayden, uh, I just want you to know that I'm praying for you, mm. and also, uh, I've been where you're at, and I, I know what wow. it's like. And so for me, it, I had already had a relationship with uh, my friend's parents because we had just known each other forever. Um, but to have someone who I knew cared about me and I knew loved me to say, "Man, what you're going through kind of sucks," mm-hmm. and also yeah. I've I've been there, and so um, it was very much just like that, like. If you want to talk about it, I, you have people mm-hmm. that you know That's that awesome. you can talk about it. Wow. Or if you, if you ever don't want to talk about it and you want to just go somewhere where someone knows your your struggle and just don't have to talk about it, come over, come talk to us. Mm-hmm. And so, wow. and just just adults that they already have relationships with um, that have been through it themselves. Recruit your friends. I mean, if <laughs> I hate to say that, but like. Um, as as someone who has gone through that I would love nothing more than a friend of mine who's going through that yeah to that I that you know I know their kids for them to say you know hey could you talk to my son or you know that kind of stuff because um, it the availability is what really matters because I don't I can't remember how many conversations if if I even had any intentional conversations with her but the um, with her or a husband but but for me it was just that i knew they were there i knew that i could have that conversation
3: yeah Yeah, i mean i I have to think back about in my time i couldn't tell you you know the advice or the help Mm -hmm. that people gave me but i just remember the people were there i could give you the names right now of people who were surround who surrounded me during this time and again i think you said it right on availability is the key and you don't have to feel like you have to have the right words or the answers or fix anything because you're not right but it's just being there
2: well i think too that rick warren always says you're Your biggest hurt sometimes becomes your biggest ministry. And I know speaking for all three of us, like getting to minister to children that were in that same boat, it gives us great joy to be able to just let them know, hey, I've been there. It may not be the same exact situation, but I've been there, and we love you, and we want to help you.
0: This is great. This is great stuff. Now, Lisa, one of the things that that we talked about, and you mentioned this, divorce never ends. (laughs) It's it's realities of divorce, and and I never Mm -hmm. thought about that divorce doesn't end once the court date is done and mm-hmm. and it, it never ends. And so talk a little bit about that that about the the realities of divorce just never ends.
2: Yeah, you know, there's always going to be holidays and weddings and birthday parties, graduations. And so I know it can be hard for you parents but Um, as much as you can be gracious to your your child's other parent um, especially in front of the children Mm -hmm. because you may not realize it but they're picking up on a lot of cues they're picking up a lot of things and they're gonna know you know mom really gets uncomfortable when dad's around or they don't even talk when they drop me off you know so I'd say um, don't talk badly about your child's parent in front of the children which I know Jimmy's already said that but um, also healthy co-parenting after a divorce, can really be replenishing for children. Wow. It can create um, as much of what's going on as, as out of their control. It can give them a little bit of control back when they know that their parents are both working together to mm-hmm. create a safe and, and healthy environment. Um, and, and please know if you're listening to this, parents, like I know some of you are not in situations where it's a, a amicable, Situation, So mm-hmm. please know uh, we hurt with you, we grieve with you, and we're praying for you. And I would just say, too, just cover it in prayer. And it may be years and years and years, um, but I have seen God be so gracious and so faithful in answering prayers in um, and, and difficult uh, family situations. Yeah, I mean,
3: Lisa, that's a great point that, you know, you can only control what you can control. And um, and, and that's a great advice, a uh, great wisdom to everyone but uh, especially when you're walking through a divorce with your family, it's, you know, just be the parent that God has called you to be. Uh, obviously, the this, this situation isn't ideal, and, and that's what your child needs. Your child needs you to be their mom or needs you to be their dad, not not their best friend. And I know sometimes parents can fall into that of, you know, well, I'm the one with all the rules, or that or they're the one that has all the fun. And, and But what your child needs is your child needs consistency, and your child needs you to be you. And and they're not going to say it, but the, uh, but looking back, um, I needed rules, I needed boundaries, and fortunately, I was in a situation where both my parents gave me those things. But uh, I, I think the tendency is to want to try to be the popular parent, and I mm. think what you need to do is just be be the godly parent, the one that God has called you to be. And and again, you can only control you, so your your the other parent may make life miserable, and I know that's a reality for a lot of situations, but. Just be consistent. That's the thing I would say, be consistent.
0: What's the one difficult reality you see? Like, y'all talk about ministering to families of divorce. What is the one reality you see that's just really hard to grasp for families? What do you,
3: uh, what like do you
0: mean? A, like a reality that they just, I'm not going to pay attention to that. It's kind of a blind spot for them. It's just, it, it's not a part of what they want to just
3: accept I got you. I, one of the things that I've seen a lot, and, and I saw this um, before I came back on staff here, I was doing some counseling, and um, I think a lot of times parents struggle with it's, it's just not fair. Like, I'm doing all of this, and I'm getting no support. I'm getting no help, no anything. It's like You know, there's no there's no common ground. And so um, and I think that that can be and that's not just that's not normally the mom or normally the dad. That's both parents sometimes that are dealing with that. But it's just like I, I it's almost from a child perspective, if you could just be as least as as little selfish as possible, and to yeah. say I need to do this for my kid. I'm not going to do this for my spouse. You know, whatever. I just need to do this for my child, so that their life can be as normal as possible. But I know the struggle is is that things aren't aren't working out. Things aren't don't seem fair. Things don't seem right. Doesn't feel like the other person is pulling their weight. All those types of things. And so that's a that's a big struggle because that and and I and I get that. I get that as. The, the, there is frustration with that, and there is hurt with that, and there is disappointment and anger. But unfortunately, sometimes um, the, the, the kids in, in the family of divorce tend to bear a lot of the weight of that or, or become sort of these victims of, of that. And what I mean by is they have to they have to deal with that, and they shouldn't have to. But it just becomes a reality.
2: I think, too, sometimes the frustrations are that there's different rules, different boundaries at, at opposite houses, and so that can create some tension between um, – between parents, and, you know, I know this is, again, kind of using, using some personal um, testimony, but um, kids don't really want your gifts. They just want you to <laughs> your love, and they yeah. want you to be able to be there for them. And they also, they want your apology, because sometimes kids think that maybe the divorce is their fault. Mm. They take some guilt in that. And so I would say sometimes parents tend to go on the, oh, I'm just going to buy lots of things for them because, you know, this is a hard time for them. I feel bad for what's going on. And and I understand there is a place for wanting to to you know be there for your kids, but I also think sometimes the gifts can become um, the opposite of what you want. You just sometimes you just want an apology. I'm I'll just be honest. That's
3: you just want a word from them.
2: Yeah, I just want a word from them. You just want to hear from them um, and know that they're there and that they, they love you and that they're consistent. Well, and
3: and I would say, I don't mean to dominate here, but I would just say to the parents. You have those feelings of anger and disappointment, and you need to process process those feelings. You don't need to just stuff those, but you don't need to process those with with your kids. Those need to be with with We're a counselor, yeah, with a counselor, <laughs> with another adult, with a trusted friend, with a minister. So don't ignore your feelings, mm. um, but but you, you have to process those. But all that to say, too, as well is, you want to make sure that you don't you don't do anything that would cause your child to feel guilty about being with the other parent, um, and and this goes this goes for when they're younger, but also when they're adults too, because uh, you know I, I know you can th- there can be s- little remarks that might be you know well you're going over there again or wow I wish you know da 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 I got the same amount of time and it may be in jest and you may be sort of joking, but uh, a child can hear that sometimes and. And feel guilty for what they're doing. So, but just make sure that you 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 know you you don't have to celebrate it. But just make sure that you they know that you're okay, that you're with the other parent, and that again to make sure you process your feelings of hurt and anger and disappointment and and all those things because that's that's important too.
0: So I'm going to ask this question. And, and in being in student ministry and, and working in student ministry, one of the things we saw with teenagers is they start to get to make calls with what house they want to be at. How do you process that as, as a parent that you're hearing your, your student, your teenagers coming to you and saying, I want to live with the other, you know, my other parent, how, how do you process that? What do you, you know, that's hard, right?
1: Yeah. And I think, um, so I can't speak from, you know, the parent perspective, obviously, uh, and it was probably cause I was a little older than my sister. Um, and Lisa, you may be able to relate more to the way my sister felt. Um, and I know that every, every situation is different, but I just kind of wanted to know what the rules were. I wanted to know, okay, so like, when am I with dad? Yeah. When am I with mom? Um, and for my sister, like uh, there was a, there was a, a parent, you know, I don't know how to say what I'm thinking, but, but, my sister preferred to be at one house or the other depending on what was going on. Yes. And so for her, there was some heartbreak from both mom and dad at any given time. She would say, hey, I, I want to go the other. And so um, what I can say is that from my perspective as a young teenager in a lot of those situations, I saw my parents' hearts break. But I yeah. also know that now as adults, um, she is glad that they respected what she, I mean, they didn't They didn't hold her yeah. wherever she didn't want to be. So, and I know that that's not always possible. You know, there could be a long distance and that kind of stuff. But I will say that, um, especially, you know, depending on the age of your kid, like they may be just in a place, you know, where where the other parent may be able to fill and stand in that that parent gap. And since both of you can't be there, if you can give them that time with that parent, a lot of times uh, you'll be able to reap those rewards when they're an adult and they are appreciative that you were willing to be selfless enough to Mm -hmm. give up that time. Because to you, it's, I got to have as much time with my kids as possible. And to them, it's, you know, they have different needs at different times. And so I would just say if if you can make it through that they will be appreciative of it and your relationship will be preserved because a lot of times trying to keep a kid from going to and obviously like there's tons of legal stuff and all that stuff and I'm not talking about that and if there's yeah, yeah that that kind of stuff is a whole different thing but if if there if it's reasonable try to try to be there for them in that way mm. and, and allow them to do what they feel like they need to do. And I think that, I think that you'll benefit from that later on.
2: I think too, um, especially around holidays, if there's a way where one parent can, you can spend this day, let's just say Christmas Eve with this parent and Christmas day with the other parent. Cause I know sometimes um, as a child, you feel rushed and you don't really get to enjoy either holiday because you're mm. going from one parent's house to the other or one grandparent's house to the other. So I'd say if, if possible, um, and gosh, if, if it's, if it's possible to do it, even though, even if, if it's a blended family event where you have families from both sides, but like Hayden said, putting the, the children, uh, first, but also to just being mindful holidays can be really, really mm. difficult. And, and you can feel like you're, you'll feel guilty with either parent because you're feeling like you're not spending enough time with either, either one. So
0: yeah, I have friends that they they come from that and they're like, they hate Christmas. Cause it's not just two families with a husband and wife. It's like the blended family situation. And so how would you like, how would Lisa, you kind of talk about this, like as parents, they, the co-parenting part of it, how do you Mm -hmm. do that holidays? I mean, how do you approach that conversation? And
2: yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm older now. And so it's kind of blended into a different type of event for us, but it's, you know what? It's beautiful. It really yeah. is. It's, if, if you can, I would say try to do those events together. If you can be amicable and um, and I would say try to try to do family traditions still together. They may look a little bit differently, but try to do those things. And this is something I would just really stress um, if you're going through a divorce to not start dating quickly after divorce. Yeah. You need time to grieve um, and you definitely don't want to introduce your kids to anyone unless they are you're really, really serious about them. Because um, it can be really confusing for kids if there's a if there's a breakup and they've already felt some grief over a relationship breaking up with their parents, but then when you add in these other girlfriends or boyfriends, um, it and things don't work out, you're losing another relationship. Mm. And so I would say just <laughs> be really, really, really careful about who you introduce to your kids and wait till it's something that you're really serious. Because um, again, kids are they're going to grasp onto relationships. This is a time where they feel like, um, they are, they, they need comfort and they need love. And so if you're bringing someone in and then all of a sudden they're not there, that's, that's going to be really hard for them.
3: And I think too, when you talk about holidays is it's going to just be, it's just going to be different, right? So much of you, and you know, we talk about this when we talk about grief, you know, the first birthdays or the Mm -hmm. first holidays when you've lost someone. And, you know this is a grieving time for a family and so it, things are just going to be different and that's okay you know different doesn't mean that it's bad it's just different and so kind of walking through that with your child uh or with with your children and say okay hey you know what and maybe even include them on in the conversation like what do you what what do we want christmas to look like this year and you know i know it's going to be different because you know you'll be with your dad or mom on a different day and so, so just maybe try to include what that's going to look like and then also I would say one of the things that really helped us was just, or helped me, uh, even now with with my own family, uh, uh, and because our oldest son's married, and so you know he had, spends times with his in laws, and it's just like okay. Christmas on the 20th, that's a day, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's yeah. just yeah. the 25th of December. <laughs> yep. So it's going to be Christmas whenever you celebrate Christmas, yeah. right? Amen. And and it's, you know, it, it doesn't have. And so I, I think we get stuck on, well, it has to be this because it's always been this. And it's like, well, it maybe it will be that for you, but maybe it might not. And so just to be okay and to be flexible, I realize... You know, you're already losing a lot, and you're compromising a lot too. But it's just, and again, we've said this. I realize too, not every divorce situation is amicable. Yeah. Not every there's a lot of intricacies that we can't go into and we can't speak to because there's just a lot of ugly in the world, and our world's broken. But as best as you can, you know, just really try to make it make it your own. And and like I said, it'll be different, but difference not bad. Difference just different.
1: Yeah, and and on the make it your own thing with, with, uh, holidays and even like things like birthdays. Uh, one of the things that I saw, um, was, you know, my mom kind of always planned all those things. And like, yeah, we would, when growing up, we would go to like mom's parents, um, for, you know, Christmas or then we'd go the next year to my dad's parents or whatever. Um, but it was, I do remember my dad would kind of just get deflated because like, you know, mm. it, the years that we were with mom, it was like we had, you know, we had like this big family thing and it was there was like punch and we would go to church together and stuff and then I think my dad would just feel sort of like, man, I can't I can't live up to any of that and so he would just be like if you want to go to Christmas with your mom, I understand. And and for him, I know that there was little small moments and I remember um, like one of the things I remember was cinnamon rolls. Like we, they'd my dad made road <laughs> cinnamon rolls. And of course I bring it back to food, right? We talked earlier about, about doing a food podcast anyway.
0: Hayden's our resident foodie. So my, awesome.
1: my dad would, would make cinnamon rolls. And the thing is for me and my sister, like we saw that effort and we really saw that he was trying to do something to make it special for us. And so if you're that parent and you think, well, I just don't have anything to offer that kind of stuff. Your student, your your child, whatever your um, you know your your people, they know that you're trying. And if you really are putting in an effort, um, it may not be the big thing. And you know your year might be the year where there's less people and less yeah. events and that kind of stuff. But but your efforts matter. And so don't just give up um, because you don't have the big thing or whatever. And just like Lisa said earlier, we don't want your gifts. Like we just want the genuine you know time together and and that kind of stuff. So. So do it and be authentic about it, and your kids will respect that. They'll they'll
0: appreciate that. So Hayden, you said church, okay? So this is a topic that we we hear a lot, and in, in especially in family ministry, of what do I do? Um, my my child is going um, to their other parent's house on the weekends and right. can't go. They don't go to church. How do I raise uh, someone that's involved in church? What does that look like spiritually um, in that? Family,
1: right. So, in an ideal divorce situation, if that were if that were a, that were a <laughs> phrase, um, in an it, it, the best case scenario is if if you and your um, you know you and the the other parent of your child um, can decide on a church home where that where that uh, where your kid is going to belong. Um, th- that's the best case scenario, and um, you know, obviously, like we said, we don't know every situation, but as as best as possible, if you can decide on a church home somewhere where your mm-hmm. student can belong, um, can be plugged into their the ministries um, the, of of the other kids their age. They also can be poured into by adults and loved on by ministers. Um, that consistency is so important because at home the consistency is gone. Yeah, um, you know, and and not always. You know, there there is consistency that comes back, but in that moment uh, when they're going through that to have a rock that they can stand on. Um, for me, it was my, the, the people at my church put a stone under my feet for me to stand That's on. um great word. Um, by pointing me to Jesus. And um, and a lot of what that looked like was sitting in a room together crying, you know, or, <laughs> you know, showing up to, uh, to my stuff. And that was all church people. Mm-hmm. And so, um, keeping your, your child plugged into a church where they're known and when they're loved is, is in, in my opinion, is just the best option. And the one thing that, that can result, if you kind of bounce around to different churches and that kind of thing, and you bring your kids with you is that they, uh, they get confused. They don't, they, they don't have good rooting. They don't, they don't, um, put down those, um, those investments. And it can, especially for those, those younger kids, it can be, um, Traumatic's not the right word, but they can just get so jaded to all the different churches that they just don't ever plug in anywhere. And so I really think that um, finding a place to to belong, uh, especially for your kid, and it may not be the same place as, your, um, as, as their other parent. You may have to go to two different places, but, but try to keep them in the same place if possible.
3: And I think one of the things, too, as a parent, sort of back to Chris's question about, okay, what if... You know, I take my child to church, but their other parent does not, and so, how, you know, and I think that freaks out a lot of parents, right, um, yeah. and rightfully so. But I, I, I think again, back to control what you can control, mm-hmm. and so you pour into your child spiritually and have them plugged into the church and plugged into youth group or children's ministry or whatever, um, and so that they have that firm grounding, that that foundation, so that when they are with their other parent. Uh, who maybe doesn't have the spiritual background or strength or or, or even have that belief at all yeah. that um you know that they're they're gonna be okay. And I mean I, I, I don't I don't think you know everything that you've taught them spiritually isn't gonna be undone in a week weekend <laughs> right, or, right. or it's not gonna all just go away. But at the same time you wanna be intentional. And again, Lisa said this earlier, it's just you just pray for your child. And pray for uh, pray for their for their heart, um, and that God would guide their heart and protect their heart and and, um, and uh, just cover them with that. But uh, I think again, if if you're, if their other parent is not a you know not a believer or doesn't feel like church is a necessity right now, right. you know you don't want to fight that battle with them. You just say okay. And that's where they are. That's your parent, okay? But we know, when we're together, and when you're with me, this is a part of who we are, and you know what's important. and Your kids know what's important to you, and you want it to be important to them too. Yeah. But you don't want to force it. Per- you know what I'm saying? Like, especially as you get older. But I, yeah. I but I'm saying, I think if you invest in them, uh, Hayden, I think you you were going to mention it about being being the primary discipler of yeah. your child. That that's that's what you do. You you are you are raising your child to to love the Lord.
1: Yeah, and uh, so, like, for me, too, sometimes I had to ask, I had to say, hey, I want to, you know, I want to go to church. Mm -hmm. And so uh, if you have that situation where maybe both parents aren't actively taking or attending, you know, church, um, encouraging your kid to say, to to tell their, you know, to tell whoever that they're with, I'd like to go to church if they do, you know. Mm -hmm. And and that's a huge thing because... uh, Nine times out of ten, I can imagine that that parent's just gonna say, "Okay, you know, it may not be on their priority list, but if it if if it is for your kid, you can encourage them to speak up um, and make their voice heard." But yeah, like uh, you're saying, with the, um, it, it is true, and, and I've I've seen it in ministry, and we've everyone at this table, everyone that 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 we're talking uh, today, we're all ministers, and we all um, we all minister to people, and we've seen over and over and over. And um, what I've just seen to be true, and more true every single time, every every year that passes, um, the parents are the primary disciple makers for their kids. Yeah. They're the ones who are going to, you know, we get we get them for a couple hours a week, but it's what happens at home that they're gonna they're gonna emulate. And so, um, even even when in the moments, and I would even say especially in the moments where you're walking through this this moment of brokenness this moment that doesn't look like it's supposed to right it mm-hmm. just it doesn't look like um, you would have wanted it to that's the moment where your child is watching to see what you do to see how you act to see how you follow the Lord and lean on the Lord and so um, you know we talked about it a little bit but in this moment um, in, in moments of anger and frustration uh, with with your Uh, the person that you were married to, that you're now no longer married to. um, There's a lot of feelings, but how you talk about and talk to and how you treat that person uh, in front of your child, um, it teaches them how they should treat and how they should talk to people. And so um, I would encourage you to use those moments of brokenness to really lean in and lean uh, on the Holy Spirit and, and rest in that perfect peace mm-hmm. and that joy, Good word. love of the Father um, who ultimately, you know, in all of this brokenness and in all of this, um, you know, we just don't always do things right, yeah. um, but we do have a Father who is perfect and He's sufficient. And so the more you lean on Him um, in these moments, the more that's going to teach, by example, um, your kids how to, how to handle those situations too.
2: And I could say, too, like, I was the kid that would do every other week, you know, going to church Mm -hmm. one week, not going, and by the time I could start driving, I drove myself to church, because at that time, Jimmy was my student minister, but I had incredible leaders. Like, these three women Mm -hmm. loved us and poured into us for years, and I did not want to miss it. So if, if that can encourage you at all, like, I came from the every other week, but... The, the relationships that I had at church, they drew me to back to church, but also my mom's consistency. Hey, on my weekend, like Jimmy said, you're, we're going to be at yeah. church, and and seeing her foundation of faith uh, truly has encouraged me and helped me in my walk, too.
0: That's a big encouragement, because Lisa is awesome. So <laughs> She's it's nice. it's awesome. She leads so much in this, and one of the, I guess... Uh, you know, and talking spirituality and all that, self care is is a big deal. We kind of touched on that a little bit, but as as a family, like you know, you're going through the divorce. What what would you say are the first steps, like, to kind of take care of yourself, your family? There are a ton of resources out there. What are some steps you would say to take to help self care in, in the children and in the in the parents? I well,
3: I would just say you mentioned self care. I would just you know I always think about the oxygen mask from the from the air you know falling down they always tell you to put yours on first right yeah. and that goes against every instinct you have because you want to put on your child but you can't help your child if you're not if you're not healthy yeah you know you want healthy children well a good way to have healthy children is to have healthy parents and so I would say um, if you're walking through a divorce uh, right now or you're, you've gone through one um, you know, seek, don't, don't go through it alone. Seek help, seek counsel, whether that's with a counselor, uh, a a minister, maybe it's a a divorce care group, um, anything like that, but just to, to get around other people, but to take care of yourself so that you can, you can process what you're feeling. I know we've sort of focused on the kids from this standpoint, but, um, man, you've got to focus on you so that you can best love and care for your kids as well. And, um, and you'd hope to, you know, give them a healthy marriage and, but okay, so that's not going to happen, but make sure you give them a healthy you, yeah. um, so that you can best. So, yeah, I, the first thing I would say is to make sure that you are getting, getting, getting help, uh, where you can get that help. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. And, uh, it's one of those things is, uh, for, for our family when we were when we were kind of walking through this together uh, we we were fortunate enough to be able to go and s- and see a counselor and I know Jimmy you have a unique perspective on this um, and and so I love that and my background my, my bachelor's degree is in psychology and so a lot of a lot of what I learned about is the need um, kind of for everybody to, mm-hmm. to see somebody a counselor of some sort and 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 what I would say is that, like Recognizing your own need, um, it, it, just like you said with the oxygen mask, like like if you're passed out, you can't help anybody. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, um, you know, for uh, for a lot of people, when their parent that that's going through this isn't plugged in, they're not um, being cared for uh, because they're just unplugged and they're not um, in a, in prayer and community and discipleship and that kind of you know support. Watching them spiral out of control, um, mm-hmm. watching your parents spiral out of control, uh, even if it's just inside, you know your kids know you better than a lot of people, and watching that happen is um, it's confusing and it's hard to it's hard to watch, um, but it's also uh, confusing. And so, um, really, really, and I know we just uh, this might sound like a broken record, but but um, take care of of yourself and make sure that, um, that you've surrounded yourself by a strong support network. And you know what? Um, sometimes that, you know, you, you've gone to this church and you're, uh, you know, all of your friends have sort of taken a side or whatever, and maybe you need to get plugged in somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And that's just what you need at that time. Mm -hmm. But don't just not do it. You need to surround yourself by support, um, and not be, laying in bed, watching TV every evening, you know, eating a bag of candy because your life has just spiraled out of control. <laughs> um, You know, the...
2: Uh, stay away from the Hallmark Channel too. Yeah, so stay away from the Hallmark, Hallmark Channel.
1: channel right None of that's real. Um, but they, your, your kids need you um, to keep going so that when they inevitably come across things that they need help with, that you have the capacity because you're not just living in survival mode. You actually are are able to take on and to bear, help bear their, their burdens. So, so take care of yourself, surround yourself by a community and you know what? See a counselor. Yeah. Really, really, um, you know, seeing and talking to pastors and that kind of stuff is uh, fantastic. Um, but for me, one of the, one of the biggest things in that process was seeing a Christian counselor, someone who loves Jesus and who recognizes the power of scripture and the power of prayer um, but also that understands how these things can happen and, and some practical tools to use um, to walk through those. That was the biggest help for, for us and our family and to keep us from just sort of imploding.
0: It's good words, good words. And so, Jimmy, you kind of talked about resources. Uh, what, are, what are some resources that really are great for families that are, you know, going through divorce, been through divorce? Like, what are some resources out there for people?
3: Well, there's um, tons of books, and we'll we'll re- we'll put these on the uh, uh, yeah. online, um, so you can look at them in the links. But one of the things that Lisa's uh, has talked about, she mentioned earlier, was uh, divorce care, and there's also a program called Divorce Care for Kids. And if you're interested in in something like that here at our church, just shoot me an email. Um, we'll put that in the link too, because uh, we'd love to provide that for anyone um who is interested in on their website lisa what's the the link there yeah
2: it's dc4k.org parent zone it's full of great resources yeah that parent zone
3: is yeah it's great it points you to all of articles websites videos books all kinds of things and, and we can populate that list too on the on the but um yeah but there's so many resources out there for you and um again like hayden said get plugged in to a community that's going to be your, your, your best source of, because you need people praying for you. You need people loving on you. You need people, you know, carrying the load with you, um, crying with you, laughing with you, all those things. You, you, you need that, and so it's important. And one last thing I would say would be, um, through all of this, just remind your kids, say it often. Um, you know, no matter what's going on, whether it's a good day or a bad day or whatever, I would just say, you know, I know things are, are really crazy right now, but I love you and I always will mm. love you, and nothing will ever change that. And I, I think that's just sort that's awesome. of a, a reassurance for a child when mm. when everything seems kind of crazy and seems kind of wonky. Okay, hey, nothing's changed there. And uh, and I and I realize that would be go, good for both parents to say that, but, again, you control what you can control, that's and you word. tell your kids you love them.
0: Okay, this is going to be a dumb question, and I know my teacher said there, so if they want to help with divorce care, like, do they have to have gone through divorce, or can they be just someone that, wants to help and, and volunteer in the ministry?
3: Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, no, you do not have to. I mean, we we provide, as far as the adult side of things, uh, we provide a training to, to, to help you to walk through it. And really, as a divorce care leader, um, it's a sort of a video series. And so you watch okay. a video, and it does all the teaching. And And if you want to lead the group, then you become just sort of a facilitator, and you talk about, you, you ask, the, there's questions that are given to you, and you ask it. Sure, it... It sort of helps if you have a little bit of that in your background, but you yeah. don't have to have gone through divorce or been, a, you know, a, a product of a family who's gone through divorce. It's just someone who, as a matter of fact, sometimes those are some of the best leaders is a, a couple who's in there together who've who've made it through, you know, and who are continuing a strong marriage and um, can help speak into that. But also, I, I think the main quality for a divorce care leader is you love the Lord and you want to help people who are walking through this journey um, and, and your your availability.
0: That's awesome. So someone that has a heart for this mm-hmm. can, can volunteer. And we know mm-hmm. someone out there. This is a great ministry. Um, and there are a lot of people that just are impacted by this ministry I've seen throughout the years being here. And so thankful for y'all. Any last That's words awesome. that y'all want to close out on?
2: We love you and let us know how we can be there for you.
0: Awesome. And we'll have all the resources on the website um, and we'll probably continue to put out resources. There's always great resources and we'll also put out, you know, if, if there's uh, some kind of conference or something, Jimmy does a great job with that. Um, we can point you to his blog and, and just different stuff like that just to uh, reach out. But you can also uh, friend us on Facebook. We put out information on there all the time. Um, we love you and, and we're thankful. And remember, we're going to be putting out more of these beyond Sundays and uh, looking forward to the future this fall thanks guys, hey
1: guys see ya
0: later